So maybe now we can get more into some current stuff going on with Bitcoins. One great thing about podcasts is you can just really stay up to date with all the current stuff, especially with Bitcoin. There's huge news coming out on a daily basis. So Brian, what are the main things you see going on right now with the Bitcoin market? BlackRock ETF, I imagine, is, is one. Yeah. Well, yeah, for those that, that don't know, I mean, if somebody's new to Bitcoin, BlackRock, the biggest entity in the world, the biggest asset allocator in the world is trying to get into the Bitcoin game. I'm sure they've been in the Bitcoin game in some sort of secret capacity, just like, I can't imagine them lending their name to this, but not having any initial investment in it before. And we know that they, they own shares of companies like MicroStrategy, which is Michael Saylor's company that owns Bitcoin. So they've done their due diligence. But what's what's interesting about this is Larry Fink, the, the CEO of this giant company, BlackRock, you can go back two years ago, three years ago, and he was saying Bitcoin's only good for money laundering. So there's a really important saying in this space is, is don't watch what they do say, watch what they do, or don't listen to what they say, watch what they do. I, I find it hard to believe that that here we are just a few years later, and they're like willing to put their, their entire company's reputation on the line of doing something that's just for money laundering, right? Like either they did their homework really late in the game, or they were just trying to crush the price of Bitcoin back then when it was like the cool thing to do so that they could, they could get more Bitcoin. But anyways, here we are, it's 2023, and there's a BlackRock ETF probably coming out. BlackRock has a 575 to one record on getting ETFs approved. So it's well over 99% chance that this, that this ETF is going to get approved. I think it's even more bullish because about a week after they filed for this, the SEC came back and said, oh, you know what? You got this one component wrong on the, the application, please resubmit that. So it seems as though if you want to take everybody at their word that the SEC is you know giving them pointers for how to get this thing approved properly. What does that mean for Bitcoiners? It means that the value of your Bitcoin, if you hold it right now, is going to go up. The warning that we need to share with other Bitcoiners is do not sell your Bitcoin to BlackRock. <laughs> like allow them to get you rich, but do not sell it. So the way a Bitcoiner should sell their Bitcoin is by buying something with it. Don't ever sell it back into fiat. Why would I give my pristine asset back to somebody for an asset that is toxic? That is so dumb. It's like I'm exchanging fresh water for toxic sewage. Do not do that. You can buy stuff with Bitcoin. And after this BlackRock thing, they're legitimizing the Bitcoin industry. That's going to be really useful for us at the Orange Pill app. Orange Pill app, like I said, we're, we're building this circular economy of people that can meet in real life, merchants that can buy and trade with one another. We're doing it that, that at the small merchant level. We're launching later this year, we're launching our orange pages where people can go and they can find the local merchants that will accept Bitcoin. Those are the people you should sell your Bitcoin to. Sell your Bitcoin for a donut. Sell your Bitcoin for a pedicure for your wife. That's the kind of stuff you can sell your Bitcoin for. Because guess what? The pedicure that you buy for your wife, it's with Bitcoin that you paid 10 cents for a couple of years ago. And now you're getting a $30 or $50 service with something with, with the amount of sats you paid 10 cents for a few years ago. Your buying power is going to have gone up like crazy. You're, you're not going to feel that transaction because the buying power of your Bitcoin is going to appreciate it by so much. So where, where Orange Pill apps building the social layer for Bitcoin amongst the plebs. We've got companies like Jack Maulers and Strike, these lightning companies that are building this amazing in infrastructure for companies like Walmart. Like this year or next year, you're going to see 
Bitcoin accepted here stickers in Walmart and Target and Amazon and all these places because there's companies like Jack Mahler's that's doing things at the upper high level. And then you have companies like us that are doing things at kind of the ground floor level of like the regular economy. The Bitcoin economy is absolutely coming. I don't check the Bitcoin price every day. The two metrics I check now, I mine Bitcoin through a company called SAS Mining. They use 100% renewable energy to mine Bitcoin. So I check how many sats I've mined that day. And I check to see how many people have signed up for Orange Pill app and how many more plebs are like plugged into the circular economy. Those are the things. And if you were to ask me, I was actually doing a Natalie Brunel's podcast yesterday morning. And she goes, are we in a bull market yet? I don't really think so. Because we were talking about the price. I said, based on the metrics I check, we're in an absolute bull market because every day I mine more sats. So my marker, my chart goes like this. And every day there's more people signed up for the social layer of Bitcoin. That means more merchants, more people buying and trading in Bitcoin. Every day we're getting one step closer to this hyper Bitcoinization. And so BlackRock is letting the mainstream become aware of this thing. And it won't be taboo for people to transact in Bitcoin anymore. The temptation is whether do you just hold your Bitcoin at all costs or whether do you spend your Bitcoin? I don't know, Cameron, what, what side of that do you fall on? Do you feel comfortable spending your Bitcoin? Uh, it's a small amounts of it. Definitely. I'm not going to spend my whole stack on, you know, on anything, but I, I, I do appreciate and really enjoy, you know, just even giving people a little bit of Bitcoin just to get them interested in it. Twitter, we do that on a pretty regular basis, send people sats for just fun little games and little contests and stuff. And then, yeah, I would definitely buy things with Bitcoin, just, you know, do your part and promoting adoption. There's actually a taco truck kind of close to my house. And I think it was a few months ago, first time I went there and I noticed he didn't take tips through credit card. I hardly ever had any cash on me. So I asked him if he wanted to tip in Bitcoin. And so I had him download the wallet of Satoshi app. Now, every time I go to this taco truck, I give him, you know, like 10,000 or 20,000 sats for, for a tip. And he, he's, you know, he, and, he, and he loves it. Like he knows exactly what to do. Every time I come up, he's got his, his Bitcoin wallet out ready for his Bitcoin tip. That's awesome. And that's, and that's really how I see mainstream adoption. Like I wrote a book, Bitcoin evangelism that we're talking about today to help orange pill people, because there's people that want like you or like me that we started as skeptics. We started people questioning and we need to walk through these logical conclusions. The way that the masses are going, going to accept this is just through utility. My mom never identified herself as an internet adopter, but there was a time in her life when she didn't use the internet. And there was a time of her life when she did use the internet. And that transition happened when her friend said, hey, sign up for Gmail, type out a message to me and then hit send. And then you've sent me an email. She's like, oh, I can do that. She didn't try to learn how SMTP servers worked. She didn't ask how how does one thing go from one place to another? She just used the dang thing. And that's how adoption really happens. So people at the beginning of the bell curve need to know how it works. And then people later on, I mean, look at that. We Again, prima facie evidence here. How many people know how the US dollar works? And yet everybody uses it. We don't need everybody to fully understand how the thing works in order for it to meet, to, to reach mass adoption. Nobody understands how the Federal Reserve works except for a very few people. And yet that's the way the whole system is built. Now, I'm not suggesting people should be ignorant, but we also don't need to be disheartened of like, man, it took me three years to orange pill one person. This is going to take forever. It's slowly and then suddenly like it's going to be it's going to feel like a grind and then it's going to take off to the moon. I tell you what, anybody that's holding Bitcoin, 
the morning the BlackRock ETF gets approved, you're going to wake up and your Bitcoin's going to go up by more than you ever thought it could go up for. And you're, you, it's more money than you're going to have ever made while you're sleeping in your life. And I've seen this in bull markets in the past, but we've never had anything like this BlackRock ETF. If you hold a Bitcoin and it's $30,000 when you go to bed, it's going to be $50,000 when you wake up in the morning as soon as that thing gets approved. This thing's this is going to be lighter fluid on something that, and, and I, I'm not a price guy. Like I'm, I'm not typically excited by price, but I understand that price means something in this world. And everything about the infrastructure of Bitcoin, Bitcoin has 0% downtime in the last 10 years. Over the last decade, it's the only system in the world that has 100% uptime. 100% of the time, it's never been hacked. It's always immutable. You cannot change the code. All of these things are building to this point of mass adoption from some regular, you know, mainstream institutions like BlackRock. And we're about to be off to the races. And that window of time is the next 240 days minus a couple of weeks. Um, that's, that's how long the SEC has to approve the BlackRock ETF. I think they just took an L in their Ripple court case yesterday. Ripple was deemed not a security. They're also getting sued by Grayscale, another company that's applying for an ETF. Grayscale is suing the SEC because they have not approved their ETFs, their spot ETFs. They've approved futures ETFs, which means they're allowing people to buy funds that don't actually hold Bitcoin, but just somebody that says this fund kind of is based on Bitcoin's price. It's a really, really awful. So the, the SEC is being sued by Grayscale over that. I don't think the SEC wants to take another high profile Bitcoin crypto loss right now in the public public limelight. So the best way for them to get out of this is by approving these ETFs that are in the pipeline. They don't want to get sued over the ETF and then have to do it anyways. So they might as well say, you know what? We're championing these ETFs. They're the greatest thing ever. I think that you're going to see the, the SEC say that and they can save face because they're not approving ETFs for all cryptos. They're actually not approving ETFs for any digital asset other than Bitcoin. So they can say tr they can stay true to what they've said. They for years they've said Bitcoin is a commodity. We don't regulate Bitcoin. And so in good faith and self-preservation, they could say, we approve this ETF because we've always said Bitcoin was a commodity. And so there's no problem having an ETF for this commodity. So it checks off so many boxes for, for the SEC that I don't think it's going to take 240 days for them to approve it. I think you're going to wake up three Tuesdays from now and it's going to be approved. Now, that might be a little bit hyperbolic, but it's going to be some time that we just don't expect. And then all of a sudden, boom, it, it's approved and, and it's uh, Bitcoin summer. Gosh, I want to go smash by some more Bitcoin right now. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Maybe we can kind of segue into the Twitter questions now. We have some pretty good questions. I'm not sure if we'll have time to hit all of them, but uh, Anthony's got the questions for you, Brian. Yeah. Once again, I'll, you know, it's been a pleasure, Brian, getting to getting to talk with you. Um, I know you had something at uh, four thirty. I think you said. Um, so yeah, I'll go ahead and start. This first Twitter question is from the Orange Pill app, and actually, I would like for you to talk about what the Bitcoin social layer is. Yeah, I mean, dude, that's that's like totally my wheelhouse. So. The Bitcoin social layer is essentially this concept that 
Bitcoin is just ones and zeros. So without people, Bitcoin's kind of irrelevant. Now, from somebody that like stores most of my family's wealth in Bitcoin, it's too bad I lost it all in a boating accident. So don't come and rob me. But somebody that's a big believer in Bitcoin that has high hopes for Bitcoin, like I, I'm very, I want to be open and transparent about this, is that it's just computer code. It does not matter unless other people like myself find value in this thing and they agree to transact with me. Now, there's a lot of reasons why I think that this is a better system. Like we have to use a system one way or the other. We can use the fiat system. We can use the Chinese system. We can use the, the Bitcoin system. We can use crypto XYZ system. We all have to agree on some system to transmit our value. I think Bitcoin's the best one. But unless people are using it, unless there's a guy that I can go buy, you know, my my hamburger from tomorrow or the taco stand that accepts Bitcoin for tips and things like that, unless there's people using that, then it really doesn't have value. So at Orange Pill App, that's exactly what we're doing. I mean, I got teed up by my team there with Orange Pill App question, but but like that's what we're doing. We're building out this connectivity so that um, every person that comes on, they're providing more value to the network. Like imagine if. We had a network that's just the three of us. Say, I'm a plumber, Cameron's a, a brain surgeon, and you're an electrician. Like, we have a circular economy. Guys will exchange goods and services. But what happens when we need something else? What happens when we need to grow food? None of us have that experience, right? So our the value of our network has a lot of limited capacity. There's only so much we can do. Like I can get a brain surgery or I can get electrical work. Like that, those are my two options by being friends with you guys and connected to you guys. The more people that are connected to the social layer, the more value that everybody brings to one another. Again, my desire to earn more money for my family, if I'm a if I if I grow corn, for example, my desire to make more money for my family by selling corn provides more value to the guy that does brain surgeries that is going to do surgeries, but he also needs to feed his family. So therefore he's going to, he's going to get corn. like, it, there's a symbiotic relationship that by me doing what's in my self-interest, other people are getting what's best for them. Awesome. Everybody go download the orange pill app. I love it. <laughs> Can't wait till the thing you were talking about earlier, the comes out later this year, the orange pages. Yeah. yeah the orange pages. That's so I signed up for the Orange Pill app at Pacific Bitcoin last year. Matteo, the founder, this was he, brilliant, brilliant guy, Italian, kind of hard to understand sometimes, but <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like giving him a hard time. He's a really cool guy. But no, I got the pitch from him and I actually got the pitch at the same time Michael Saylor was getting the pitch for it. So it was, that was a pretty special moment. But I just signed up as a customer. And when he started talking about this vision, I'm like, dude, as a Bitcoin maxi, like I take the Bitcoin philosophy very seriously, this is needed infrastructure for Bitcoin. So if somebody's serious about building Bitcoin infrastructure, if you're serious about hyper Bitcoinization and Bitcoin taking over the world, it's kind of almost, I'm not saying you have to do this, but by participating in this, you're doing also what's in your own best interest by bolstering that network a little bit more. So I, I came to the app as a user and as a believer, and then I'm fortunate and blessed enough to be able to, to work for the team now, but it's only because I, I shared that, that core mission. Awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. This next question, you know, I, I'm also interested to hear, I looked at your, your YouTube page. I did a little bit of digging on you. I mean, I did some stalking. Um, <laughs> And I noticed that last December you got your black belt and BJJ, congrats. 
I actually did. I trained in BJJ myself years ago. I haven't trained in a while. So I, I thought that was really cool. But from Twitter, Bitcoin Belzer, he wants to know or she wants to know or they want to know what had a sh- steeper learning curve and why Bitcoin or BJJ? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah. So, no, first of all, I got to say, brother, get back on the mats, man. What are you doing? Like, let's <laughs> let's get out and get after it, you know? Um, <laughs> it's great, man. It's a, it's a great sport. The way I, the, I'm going to get my pitch on big on BJJ real quick. BJJ is incredible because we can do, we can go to the gym and we can exercise and that's good for us. But when you're learning Brazilian jiu-jitsu or you're learning a martial art or you're doing something like that, you're not just like spinning your wheels and yes, your body's getting you know healthier. You're, it's like learning a language. It's like learning some fundamental skill that actually provides value to your life. And then there's, you know, social connections and the, you know, there's friendships and things like that you built, but there's so many components to come along with it. So I'd say if somebody doesn't have a workout routine or doesn't have something that, that they're finding value in, like, or if they want to start working out and they're looking for that, that little extra, like start, go to a gym and learn Brazilian jiu-jitsu or a martial art. Like I'm a, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu maxi, but in this case, like go learn karate. That's fine. And yeah, you're going to get value beyond just losing a few pounds or something like that. And the reason why there's so much value in that is because you're literally putting in work to get a good outcome. And that's so in line with the Bitcoin ethos. Proof of work is what the the mining algorithms call. It's called proof of work algorithm. That's Bitcoin ethos. You get in what you put out. If something was difficult, then it means that it must, you know, it's going to have a good, it's going to have a good outcome. And we're in a culture where doing hard things to get good results is now more apparent than ever. Like our parents' generation was like, started this like apathy of not all of our parents, but like that generation in general, it seems like they became apathetic and and everything was about comfort and ease and like efficiency and things like that. But our generation's recognizing that like, if I want to feel better in the morning, like I'm going to go jump in some cold water and get some boost some energy. Cause why does that make my body feel good? Because it's hard. Like I have to, ask myself, I have to force myself to stay in there. Right. So the learning curve for BJJ is kind of like the learning curve for, for Bitcoin. I mean, they're very, very similar. You have to put in the work if you want to fully understand Bitcoin, like Cameron's taco guy, he he's accepting Bitcoin. He's a Bitcoiner now without going down that route. But guess what? That The downside is yes, he's stacking stats and he's doing something that's good for himself, but the people that are going to benefit the most are the ones that are listening to these messages and saying, I'm going to actually go buy more sats. I'm going to stack more sats today because I, I have deeper conviction of this thing. Like it's one thing to just accept it and get some sats passively. Like that's great. But the people that really dig into it are going to benefit the most from it. And that's the same thing with BJJ. The guys that show up one day a week, they're going to get something from it. But the guys that train five days a week, they're going to be absolute monsters. They're going to be so hard to kill. <laughs> like if you go to try to choke that guy out, it's going to be very difficult to stop that human being because he's just dug into it more. And if you're, if you have high conviction of Bitcoin and you go, I understand all the basic tenets of Bitcoin. Therefore, every time I have an opportunity to stack sats, you're going to be so hard to kill by these CBDCs that want to crush your life and take your freedom. And so to me, the, the learning curve is the same. Both of them take a lot of time. Neither one of them you're going to learn about tomorrow. 
You just need to learn a little bit each time. So keep coming back. They're a perfect analogy for one another. BJJ is more physically demanding. Bitcoin is more mentally demanding, but both of them take incremental growth. Stick with it. And you're going to have times where you feel high and you feel low. We say this in BJJ all the time. There's days where you go in, you feel like a world beater. There's days you go in and you feel like you suck. You're never as good as you think you are. You're never as bad as you think you are. You're always somewhere in the middle. That's true for Bitcoin too. Like when a bull market comes along, you're going to feel like a freaking genius. You're going to think I walk on water. When the bear market comes, you're going to feel totally awful. You're like, what am I doing with myself? Guess what? Things aren't as bad as they are in the the bear market. Things aren't as good as they are in the bull market. There's mania on both sides of it. Keep an even keel and just keep going the course. When you have the knowledge of Bitcoin and what it stands for, you're going to keep marching on whether the price is up or down. But as somebody that's been through three of these bear market, bull market cycles before, plus the, the fruit of it is incredible. The fact that the first time I bought Bitcoin, I could buy a load of groceries and now a Bitcoin can buy me a car. That kind of increase in my buying power gives me a lot of conviction in Bitcoin. And I only had the guts to go that long because I understood what Bitcoin was. So I put in the work, you gentlemen have put in the work. And so we're going to benefit the most from it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of limited on time here. So we may have to rapid fire these next few questions, but uh, mm-hmm. it's my fault, man. I'm just, I'm just going and you guys are trying to keep the pace going. Oh, I'm just like, let me talk for about no, six or seven minutes at a time. No, that's all good, Brian. One thing I love about talking with you is you really go in depth and super passionate about each thing we talk about. So I really appreciate it. Yes, yeah, a passion. This next one from Snarky Alien. What's your best slash favorite entry level education source or sources for new Bitcoiners? Besides Bitcoin evangelism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if somebody's on Twitter, I, I'm going to show you guys right now. Bitcoin for everybody account. It's a really good initial exposure, just like the taco guys getting some sats. The best thing somebody can do, tag your friend in a post. If they're not into Bitcoin, say, dude, just repost this guy, participate in this giveaway. Find a way for your friend to get some sats. That is like, it's like a, it's like the free drug that the drug dealer gets you. Like he's going to get you hooked on his stuff, right? And so that's what we're doing with sats. We're like getting people exposed to it. And your account is doing the Lord's work in that regard. I mean, it's really fantastic what you guys are doing. And keep that up. The next thing, a non-Bitcoin resource that I suggest for people that's a really easy watch, because I think it helps when we have a non-Bitcoin resource sometimes, go watch on YouTube. It's a 10-part series. That's Mike Maloney's Hidden Secrets of Money. By the end of it, he does talk about Bitcoin. He considers Bitcoin, but he's kind of a gold maxi. He's really about gold, but he breaks down how our financial system works and how, you know, what, what, what scarcity means, all these different things that are kind of Bitcoin tenants, but he's not screaming Bitcoin the whole time. So sometimes we can we can become white noise because we just sound like we're saying over and over, Bitcoin fixes this. Well, it's true. <laughs> Bitcoin does fix it, but we sound heavily biased. So Mike Maloney's Hidden Secrets of Money, send them episode seven first. Episode seven, this was published 10 plus years ago. It sounds like it's prophetic. It sounds like he was telling the future about what's going on today absolutely insane. I remember watching that that for the first time in 2018. And I think it had 50,000 views. I watched it again at the beginning of COVID. At the beginning of COVID, it had 50,000 views. It had been on YouTube for something like seven or eight years, got 50,000 views. 
I checked it a couple months later after COVID was, was, was kind of, you know, lockdowns were going and stuff. It had 1.5 million views. So it took it seven years to get 50, about 50,000 views and then 1.5 million views. There's a, there's a public consciousness around what the frick is going on with this money printing thing. And that, it's a really good resource for that. So I'm very energized to know that people are seeking out these answers. Yeah, for sure. Next one, um, might have time for one more, I think. From Guillermo Zick, I know you talked earlier about um, how the Jack Maulers of the world are kind of interacting at that higher level with Walmarts and Amazons. And their question, how can stores be encouraged to accept Bitcoin payments? Mm -hmm. And they're also wondering if you believe that's a, a fundamental part of the mass adoption. Yeah, I, I think that when when this Orange Pages launch on the Orange Pill app, the brilliant thing about what we have, what, what Mateo dreamed up and what we have is we have an app where people, it's a paid app. It's the only social network that's ever existed where you have to pay to join it. And that can only exist in Bitcoin because Bitcoiners, they want to siphon out the noise on Twitter. It's a great, it's a great environment because there's a lot of high signal Bitcoiners, but there's so much crypto noise. There's so many scams, your DMs. when somebody DMs you, it's probably not like a real person. Like, is this beautiful Asian woman? Is she really wanting to know how my day is? Or is she trying to get my seed phrase? Like, I, I, I don't know, but on Orange Bill app, because there's a paywall, you know, you're interacting with real people, with real Bitcoiners. Now we have the demand side of the equation. We have a partnership with BTC Maps for the Orange Pages, which is where you'll find all the local merchants. So we have people that are Bitcoiners. And now imagine we're in a, in a bull market. We have an app full of very wealthy Bitcoiners that are in your area. There's geolocation. So you can find Bitcoiners that are in your area. So I can go into the taco shop and I can say, hey, brother, how's it going? Do you accept Bitcoin? No, you don't. Have you ever considered it? I don't know anything about it. Okay, well, let me show you this. You don't even need to know anything about Bitcoin. Let me get you set up with a wallet. This app right here, look at, there's 50 Bitcoiners in your area. And if you know anything about Bitcoiners, one, you'll know there's a bull market right now and every one of these people is stinking rich. Two, they're in your area and Bitcoiners are like tribal. We will support businesses that accept Bitcoin. So I guarantee you that out of these 50 people, 40 of them are going to come in in the next week and they're going to buy tacos for themselves. They're also business owners. Maybe they're going to buy some for their employees. You're going to have new customers that won't just support you one time. They're going to be a raving fan for your business and support you going forward because they understand you're perpetuating this Bitcoin mission. So we're going to be able to peer pressure businesses in the best way possible to orange pill these people to accept them in the same way that, that, that Cameron orange pilled his taco guy. We're going to be able to do that with every taco shop in every location where people are on the social layer, the, the, the Bitcoin social layer with orange pill app. And so I think that our company is going to be a fundamental part of this thing. And if somebody's not on orange pill app and, and they don't want to do it, you can go into any place in the world, any business you go to and just ask, you don't even have to like be rude about it. So do you guys accept Bitcoin? Nope, you don't. Okay, cool. Here's, here's my cash. Like every time, if we just as Bitcoiners just constantly ask, do you accept Bitcoin? Over time, that's going to, that's going to have a compounding effect. And I think it'll be successful. Agreed. Awesome. Um, yeah, I think Brian, you have to get onto another podcast. So wish you the best luck with that. 
thank you so much for coming on. I knew I were changing up the format a little bit on this podcast and Anthony is now part of the, the Bitcoin for Everybody show. So I definitely wanted to have you back on as like the first guest just because you're such, such an awesome Bitcoiner. And yeah, thank you so much, Brian. I appreciate you guys. Anthony, really nice to meet you, man. And yeah, keep doing what you guys are doing. You guys are bringing, speeding up hyper-Bitcoinization. Thank you so much. From one Bitcoiner to another, really respect that. It's been a pleasure. All right, take care. All right, boys. I'll see you later. Bye.